How's it going, everybody? This is Chris. Welcome to episode three of the Sandman Universe Gather. I'm here at the Chris and Reggie channel. We're about halfway through our initial blitz of episodes, uh, the weekly blitz anyway. Uh, at about three weeks, we'll be all caught up with what DC's putting out. Um, at that point, we'll probably shift this to a uh, monthly program. Uh, just uh, we're kind of beholden to when DC puts things on shelves, so... Uh, that's, uh, we can't review them until they come out. <laughs> but uh, this week, we got the same four books, uh, just uh, shifting them up a number each. We're going to start with Lucifer number two. Now, that originally aired on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast on November 25th, 2018. From there, we go to Books of Magic number two, which originally aired on December 2nd, 2018. Then, The Dreaming number four, which originally aired on December 9th, 2018. And then we'll wrap it all up with House of Whispers number 4, which originally aired on December 16th, 2018. Hope you're digging what we're doing still, um, and uh, next week we will hop into the second half of the weekly blitz of Sandman Universe Gatherum episodes. I will talk to you then. See ya. to the Sandman Universe segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And this week we have what book forum? We've got the second issue of Lucifer. And this is uh, of Red Death and Ginger Tomcats. And oh boy, I love that title already. Uh, <laughs> this is by uh, Dan Waters, uh, Max Fiumara, and Sebastian Fiumara, and Dave McKeg. And uh, we opened, and uh, if you remember, Lucifer was trapped somewhere some, last issue village, and uh like a European we op- village of some kind right yeah like like some little fairy tale village <laughs> and uh we open and he's still there um and he's uncovered part of a giant statue of a man we've got other folks in the area gathering around just to check it out see what he's up to uh it looks like a big brute of a guy with a sharp talon instead of an index finger or like or attached to his index yeah, finger this is the statue of course yeah. Yeah, um, now Lucifer is sure that this is the image of the person that's imprisoned everyone there. Uh, 
Jack, possibly the Ripper, is uh, impressed by the talent. Yeah, one of the guys hanging out that has like a clown wig on. I don't know what I don't yeah, know what the importance I... of him was, but sure. <laughs> now we go over to the waking world and uh, we go to Gately House Rehab Facility, where John, uh, the fellow that we've been following around last issue, he's speaking to one of the staff, a fellow named Robert. Uh, John's deceased wife Penny had mentioned Robert. Uh, Robert uses some kind of magic in order to find out whether or not John knows something important, but ultimately discerns that he does not. His eyes flash like black a little bit. They, yes. they get weird, <laughs> but that's just for one panel. Yeah. Now, Robert tells John to go home, sleep it off. No big whoop, you know. Uh, now, in the halls of Gately House, John hears a blood-curdling shriek. Uh, the hooded giant that let John in last issue mm. says it's uh, merely one of their older residents, so uh, I guess just one of those normal senses-shattering screams of the elderly. Sure, yeah. My grandma used to let those out. Uh, we'd rattle the window panes. We were like, oh, God. There she goes again. There she goes again. <laughs> At 2.30 a.m. Uh, <laughs> now, John is really discombobulated by this eerie screaming. Uh, he doesn't notice that this hooded giant also has a talent on his index finger, like the statue that we saw. But, uh, I mean, not that he would know to make a no, connection. No, not that he cares, it's true. But, <laughs> but uh, it is made abundantly clear to the reader. We do, it is, uh, they, they do point to they it. They even got so. to zoom in on it, I think. Right on there, yeah, a whole it. panel is they his They make hand. sure yeah. you know it's there. So, as John pushes to the outside of Gately House, uh, the giant lets himself inside the elderly screaming woman's room. Uh, it's padlocked from the outside, for one thing. And inside, there's a mottled skull on an altar and a piece of a bit of cloth under it. But uh, mm. looks like that did stop the shrieking, so maybe it just needed attention, whatever it was. <laughs> uh, over at the local motel, John is drinking alone, listening to his voicemails, and one of them is his doctor saying that something showed up on a recent CAT scan. Might be a tumor, he says. He should make an appointment. Back to wherever Lucifer is stuck, two witches are spying his dig from their attic lair. One gets the impression that they're, they're stuck in that attic, but maybe not. I wasn't positive, you know, but yeah. why would they... Everyone else in town seems to be outside. Maybe, be able to walk around and maybe live, they're yeah. trying to keep their skin, you know, with a crease free or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so too late, ladies. Anyway, there's a well, there's a very old one and a much younger one of these two witches, but they're both looking pretty craggy and witchy. Like I say, <laughs> they're they're not looking. It's not like the younger one has got a baby face or anything. Uh, these witches are blind, so they steal a cat's eye to watch the proceedings. Uh, which reminds the younger witch of a story. Yes, it seems that during the time of the plague, two witches representing two of the three natures of Akate called upon Lucifer. Uh, that would be the goddess of witchcraft to us mere mortals, of right. course. Uh, so they had the old woman, or, or crone, and the adult woman, or mother. Uh, the, and these witches wanted Lucifer to find the younger witch, they call the maiden. And so Lucifer heads out to do just that. Nearby, the local duke has imprisoned a woman and accused her of being a witch. He says she can admit it or she will be executed in the morning, which that's, really doesn't give her much. It's one of, one of those win-win situations, they <laughs> yes. call that, right? <laughs> no, of course, if she admits to being a witch... Well, they're going to kill her anyway. Right. But, uh, at least at least she'll go to the afterworld with a clean conscience. That's right. <laughs> now, the women insist that she's a the, the woman insists that she's a devout Christian and the duke leaves her to her prison for the time being. Lucifer appears to the girl and says he can help if she'll renounce God. And she says she won't do it. Lucifer tells her to suit herself, uh, but she can change her mind at any time by just renouncing God. Right. 
And, uh, you know, that probably comes with a 90-day warranty, right? <laughs> Act now, exactly. You know, <laughs> time is if you call away. now, right. you know, he'll, he'll save you twice. <laughs> uh, now, that evening, an orange cat comes to hang out with the young woman. She knows the Duke will kill it if he sees the cat, but she just can't give it up. In the morning, the Duke threatens the cat immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Unable to bear the thought of it, the woman renounces God. And so Lucifer crawls out of the cat's mouth. Uh, so I guess we assume that he might have really been the cat all along. I, I, that's my assumption. Or I don't remember seeing the cat after that. I'll put it that way. No, he was, there I, was I no cat anymore. I don't think I want to see the cat after that if he was there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he either inhabited a cat or became a cat. Something became like that. a cat, yes. And uh, and outside the body of this cat, he gives everyone in the castle the plague. That's right, except for the maiden, of course. Except for the girl, Who he's yeah. rescuing. So, uh, yeah, that was something. Uh, the way the Duke grabbed the cat immediately, too, it was almost like there was a magnet in the cat. Cat's neck, like, <laughs> like this, this, this guy can't like even take a breath before he starts threatening a cat. That's like his uh, yep. reason for living. Uh, now Lucifer takes this young woman over to the other two witches so their coven can be complete. But before he leaves, the mother witch catches the plague and dies, returning the coven back to two members. You just can't make a deal with Satan, folks. You're always when gonna, gonna get, learn. Yeah. You're always gonna get jerked. Uh, in the present, Lucifer continues to dig at that statue. Uncovering another statue, which we don't actually see very well in the art, but it is they discuss it. Uh, in the real world, John sits on a park bench across the street from Gately House. He's drunk, looking at an old photograph of him and his deceased wife, Penny. He shakes his fist and yells at Gately House, literally <laughs> like an old coot, uh, but essentially tells the structure that he won't be pressing the issue of this wife's mysterious death any further. Uh, the house didn't didn't tell the two thugs that come out of it. Uh, and start to menace him, uh, and John flails for a while while they close in on him, and he, this reveals that one of them has a giant eyeball for a head. Having huh. seen this guy's true face, the two hoodlums take off, now that, now that yes. John has seen the true face. Yes. Uh, then a giant mass with a mouth forms in front of the door of Gately House. Uh, I think we saw something like this at John's apartment last right. issue. Yeah, something weird and, like this. Yeah. And it asks John if he has seen Lucifer. Speaking of Lucifer, back wherever the hell he is, a woman is looking for him. She finds him at the bottom of a pit, bloodied and broken. And uh, when we say broken, we mean, like, really, really broken. It's like one of his legs is just barely hanging on. Like, uh, like it's good he's wearing pants. Basically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, the woman drags Lucifer back to her house. Uh, we got ravens trailing all the way, and that's the bird, not the titan. Right. Uh, now, Lucifer says that he recognized the first statue. That was the one with the talon. And the woman says that his name is Lucifer. I don't. Yeah, I, 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 was she describing the statue or him? I don't know what that, that, that's. That's yeah. where I was unclear. And if that's Lucifer, how? Why? Okay, I don't really know. Is he the beast with the talent in the real world? Uh, who knows? Uh, this brings us to a flashback uh, where that uh, the same flashback we ended on last issue. We've got that hooded giant meeting with Lucifer, a more clean cut Luciferian Lucifer. Uh, but this is before the big guy was wearing the hood. Um, now it seems that he is actually Lucifer's son, and Lucifer's going to go introduce him to his mother, uh, the boy's mother. Uh, the the mother turns out to be a bloody skeleton filled with pulpy organs named 
Psychorax? Psychorax or Psychorax, maybe, sure. Yeah. And this turns out to be a character from uh, William Shakespeare play called The Tempest. She was an unseen witch, the mother of Caliban, suggesting that the hooded guy is that fellow, because his name is Caliban. Uh, He was a foil to Duke Prospero in the play, who just so happens to be the Duke that imprisoned the young woman that would become the maiden aspect of Hecate. Everything comes together. It's a small world, after all. I think after we finish, we, when the Sandman universe is done, I think we actually will have degrees in Shakespearean literature. Yes. Uh, I feel like the more we read this, the more we have to like familiarize ourselves with Shakespeare. If it's not clear, Chris and I went to public schools as, as children. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I read I, in my public school. I read Romeo and Juliet twice. Yep. And I think we did one other Hamlet one. Hamlet or Macbeth? We did Othello for sure. Mm. Um, we did not do Hamlet. I remember I, I wanted to know about that later. And I don't. Th- I think we might have done a mid- Midsummer Night's Dream. Mm. So that's it. I mean, I don't really have, you know, everything else I know through osmosis or osmosis. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we're gonna have, we might have to brush up on some of this old uh, the old bard, as they say. Yeah. Um. So what what, what are your thoughts about this uh, issue, Chris? You know, there's some good stuff here. Um, everything that doesn't involve Lucifer, it seems. Uh, it's I, I like the story of the witches, the little flashback story. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And Lucifer did play into that, but he wasn't the primary focus. Um, I like the stuff with John. Kinda, uh, I think John John's scenes were much stronger last issue. Yeah. Um, you know we've to got. Be honest, uh, I forgot some of the details surrounding his the, yeah. his wife's death, uh, except that it was a mystery, and it kind of like came back to me a little bit. But as we got into it, I was like, oh yeah, what was the deal here? Like I wasn't, I kind of like fell apart on it. Yeah, so. like he took her for a ride, and then they woke up, and she was she was impaled by a branch or yeah. something. But uh, I I like some of that stuff. But uh, anytime we've got Lucifer on panel, it's just like, eh. <laughs> just not not a big fan fan of it, and and it's like we talk about this Shakespeare thing, where, you know, it's like if you're a pitcher and you throw the ball to first base and the batter swings for some reason, yeah, you you didn't strike him out, you know, you threw the ball the wrong way, right? So like we're slipping in these references to Shakespeare that. They're going over my head, and I don't care enough to, like, research it. So they're not tickling me anywhere. Yeah. So it's like, okay, are we doing this just to be deep? I mean, and if we're doing it to be deep, can we do it with anything a little bit less cliche than Shakespeare? <laughs> right? Well, the, I mean, that's like the Shakespeare, of, Shakespeare uh, of the does. Poet. Yeah. He, he has his fans, though. I'll tell you, some people, they just cannot let go of the old uh, shoulder-length hair fella that we know and love. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, the the Lucifer stuff, unfortunately, for the guy that is the title character of the book, uh, it is the weakest stuff in the book. It's because we know so little about what is happening. Like even And the whole thing with, like, the statues, it, everything seems allegorical and yeah. ethereal, and, like, it seems, That's and it resets. Terrible, yeah. he's, he's doing, like, a Groundhog's Day thing, right? Everything resets think, every yeah. day. But it didn't seem to happen this time, but I wasn't even sure if a full day elapsed. So I wasn't... It's true. That's how unclear I am, and maybe that's... By design, but it doesn't make it very pleasant to read. Uh, although, if you notice, it, it they use it very. It becomes more sparing as we go through the book. They 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 refer less back to Lucifer. Uh, hmm. My favorite part was the witch's story, which was just a story, as far as I'm concerned. I thought it was just yeah. a cool little story. I liked it because it was like Lucifer made a deal and jerked everybody. You know, made a deal with the maiden and jerked her, essentially mm-hmm. forced her to, and then. 
to renounce God, the and then, then he play, inflicts the plague on everybody. I, you know what I mean? I mean? It's just like, this is this is the kind of story I want to hear about Lucifer, you know what I mean? And, sure. Uh, and, so the, and, and I thought that part was actually very strong, but it was a, it was a smidgen of the book overall. So yeah. I, could, I couldn't really give it, you know, I couldn't say that this book would be worth uh, reading for that thing. But I do think this book is coming into focus. Uh, I'm hoping, maybe I'm, maybe I'm yeah. <laughs> naively hoping it's coming into focus. But I do think it is, you know, we are a little better off, but by inches where Lucifer is concerned. And we were, last issue, we were like, what? Is happening yeah. now. We know at we least didn't know if there were numerous, multiple Lucifers. We didn't know what was going uh, on. Why he was there? We now, still don't. <laughs> now we, but now we know he's trapped. Yes, and he's so trapped some, somewhere. Something, someone has done that. We know that the the statue has a talon. Lucifer's son has a talon. I don't, you know, I don't know. We'll find out when we get there. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. You know, now we're doing. We're actually recording this kind of early in the week, so I'm not sure if you've given this year. Official score yet? But where do you think you might land on this? Um, I, I'm gonna have to read it again before I actually write it up. But I'm right. thinking, uh, I'm thinking I'll probably fall in around six point five. I think that's uh, that's that's pretty fair, you know. Uh, and you you will reserve the right to change that score. I want people to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th- I think you know. I really was was kind of like eh, between six six point five. I think I, I think I go six point five. Really on the on the basis of, uh, you know that witch story and. The real world scenes being pretty there's, compelling. There's, there's I, neat stuff here. It's just so weirdly placed. It's... I like that. I like that thug. Is like his head turning into an eye. Like what, <laughs> what was, whatever that is. I, I liked it, but I don't know what it meant or what it, what the implications are. But sure, that was cool. You know what I mean? So <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'll I'll ride with you on that. I'll do a six point five yeah. on this, and uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Whether we can edge up that score or whether it's going to. Continue to go down because I believe I was seven last week. No, or was I six point five? I don't remember. I think we were around. We were we, we were at an average score. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we we were at a. We weren't thing. blown away. Yeah. Now because it's so early in the week, I'm actually not positive. I can't guarantee that Books of Magic number two is coming out next week. And plus, I did see that in January there are two issues of Book of Ma- Books of Magic coming out. Okay, which, so maybe it's getting pushed, or maybe it's coming out next week because it's the fifth week, and then so it won't come out for December. You know, it's it's mm. schedule's getting hinky, but we'll we'll find <laughs> out when we get there. If there is a book, then we'll uh, cover it. We will cover it. If there isn't, we'll probably take a break, folks. We got that's true. We got a lot of recording going on in the background <laughs> here, but uh, I think that's all we got from this week. Chris, got anything else for him? No, it'll do it. So next week, folks, I want you to keep it dreamy. See ya. In the afterlife, you could be headed for the serious strike. Now you make the scene all day, but tomorrow there'll be hell to pay. Welcome back to the Sandman Universe segment on the Weird 
the sciencedccomics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have one book to read for you today. What book is that? It is the final book for the month. Uh, it is Books of Magic number two. Stories called Unreliable Narrators by Cat Howard, Tom Fowler, Jordan Boyd, and Todd Klein. They knew we were going to be covering this, huh? Unreliable Narrators. (laughs) This is is their ode to us. That's right. And and, uh, we pick up right where we left off last issue. If you recall, uh, Tim was in his bedroom trying to decode the Book of Magic. Uh, The words were kind of fading in and out of uh, his uh, sight. Right. And uh, there's a hooded creep outside carrying a blade, and his teacher, Dr. Rose, is there, too. And we didn't know whose side anybody was on last issue, Mm. but Dr. Rose kills the creep and then uh, begins to disembowel it, like, really gory. Yeah. Um, We hop back inside, and uh, the words of the Book of Magic, uh, they suddenly start to appear. I don't know if this means that the person outside might have been blocking it, or if Tim so, just was able to focus. There's something happened there because you see when you see that creep run up to Tim's house, uh, he gets like kind of bounced back by some kind of magic ward. Magic ward, yeah. So something something happened there. There there there's a correlation, I think, but obviously it's magic, so we don't understand the full extent of it. It's true. <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> while uh, Doctor Rose is hacking and slashing, she discovers something. While dissecting the body, uh, we don't know what it is at this point, but right. she, she's like, oh, no. Uh, we jump to the next day, and Tim is in school, and he's beside himself because there was a corpse discovered outside his house. He tells a schoolmate that the police had asked him questions that morning, and he also has a run-in with that jerk-ass bully from last issue, and uh, the police suggest maybe you try using his magic to solve you, this. Use case. your magic, huh? How about yeah, that? Yeah, you jerk. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Dr. Rose butts in to break up the chatter before it can go on too long, and uh, then whispers to Tim that she'd like to speak with him after class. Oh, well, mm-hmm. that. You know, when she looks at the disemboweled body, too, there seems to be, it's hard to tell, but it almost seems like there's something written with the entrails. Plus, it's there's, weird. There's yeah. a lot of, like, magic y. Stuff around it Like she's obviously In some sort of A magic trance Or She's looking at it With magic eyes I don't know How to it's put it strange, Other ways yeah. But uh, It does see, she's, she's able to To read something there That we can't really read But we can tell That what she sees Is more than just A uh, You know Open Guts. body It's 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 like Flaying out It's crazy So anyway After class Tim tells Rose That he had trouble Reading from that book uh, Those words Kept appearing And disappearing and she suggests she suggests that he needs more sleep and take this book learning slowly, which I like that that was just a a common sense piece of yep. advice like just just take a nap, buddy uh, <laughs> and she flashes back to her disemboweling endeavor from last night oh this is this is what you're talking about, and we see that there's like blood splatters that are shaped like the demons and birds around it, and they sort yeah. of seem to be like negative glyphs like, yeah. you know, it, it's it's purposely we don't know what it is yet. Yeah, but, but, but it is something to it. Well, when she sure. when yeah. she looked at that corpse, she saw she saw more than a corpse. Yeah. Uh, later that evening, Tim gets back to his book of magic, and he's finally able to make a screwdriver levitate, and decides to make that his temporary magic wand. Uh, the book does say to use something innocuous that people won't, you know, find unusual yeah, find to carry around. Yeah. I say try to get into a uh, sporting event with that magic wand there, too. <laughs> anyway, so he uses it to levitate a bunch of other junk in his room, and he has kind of a Steven Spielberg movie moment with all the junk kind of hovering around him. Like, yep. And then his father calls him downstairs for dinner. 
Yes, and the Hunter men eat off tray tables in front of the TV set. And we can see here that Mr. Hunter is missing his right arm, uh, which may or may not have been evident last issue. I don't recall. I uh, seem to recall something, but yeah, it was not called made attention to it here. Yeah. But here it is, because because uh, Tim actually asked his father if he'd be receptive to getting his arm back, but not via medical means. His father really doesn't seem to have the foggiest idea what Tim's getting on about, but uh, what kind of answer are you going to give? It's like, no, I don't want my arm back. Of, uh, of course you know, he's going to want his say, arm back. His, his suspicion is kind of grounded. Like, what means are we talking about? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, you're going to inject me with lizard stuff? Yeah. That, that's what he says, which I thought was funny. Kind of a, uh, you know, a uh, Spider-Man throwback, but robotic? Or, you know, are you going to gonna have, like, a penis put there? Like, well, how is this going to work? Yep. Uh, so, you know, or is it going to be a tentacle? You know, is it going to be a uh, crow arm? I don't know. Anyway, so <laughs> that night, Tim sneaks out of the house. He doesn't go to sleep like uh, his teacher, Rose, suggested. Uh, he goes to try to track down his missing mum, and uh, he asks his screwdriver, Juan, to lead the way. It explodes with light, and uh, he asks it to be a little more subtle. <laughs> so he kind of turns it down. I got the impression it, it was a, something where only he could see it. Yeah, yeah. Right, he falls into town and it's crowded down out there, but no one seems to be noticed. This kid basically holding a glowing, yeah, <laughs> holding holding a glowing screwdriver forth like he's going <laughs> to stab somebody. Quite frankly, uh, meanwhile, it looks like those uh, hobo fire crones are trying to direct him toward them. I think this is probably the three witches of From lore, Macbeth? right? Yeah, Macbeth type thing. Mm. I'm, I'm, well, we'll find out though. Uh, Tim finds himself in a dark alley and is suddenly surrounded by a bunch of hooded and armed goons. Yeah, this is just like the one who was waiting outside his house the night before. Uh, Tim asks them politely to move, and uh, when they don't, he fries them with his wand. And yeah, one big zap like, does it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you should have moved then. Uh, we have Tim hanging out at the park until morning. And then he heads into school before classes start in order to ask uh, or tell Dr. Rose that he's going to need her help. Yep, and she and that's is, it. is probably <laughs> ready to give it, you know. That that thing where he uh, his uh, wand takes out all those people is like that uh, screen bomb in Defender or video games like that. Like you have the screen <laughs> yes. wipe, you know, the buster bomb or you know, something like that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this was uh, definitely a quick read. That's something we definitely agree on. Yeah. Um, sped through it. I, I allotted myself about twenty minutes, which is how long I usually want to take on a comic, roughly. Uh, before I at least talk about it, if I'm not, you know, reviewing, I'll look at it another another time. But uh, I'd say it took five minutes to get through this thing. Maybe, um, maybe. But there are a lot of positives. So, what do you think, Chris? I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I'll, I'll let you talk about the uh, <laughs> the value, but uh, I had a lot of fun with it. I, I keep getting callbacks to the uh, early Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, right. Just as breezy a story um, and easy to follow, uh, especially we're, talk- we're dealing with the Sandman universe here, which I'm struggling with, but this is a lot easier to follow. It's yeah. very, very, you know, on the face of it, it is what it is. And it's, while, uh, while still being ethereal and having some questions. Ties you know, to, yeah, uh, sure. And ties to that and you know obviously i think they're going to tie in i have a feeling they're all gonna do a little roundabout down the line but uh, I'm, I'm getting that sense all these comments oh, yeah. you know but you know oh, yeah. while on the way there there's going to be you know more elaborating on the characters and oh stuff. sure but i really dug it uh and it is breezy though very 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 yeah breezy. A, I, there was a lot of stuff i liked in this i like the magic stuff uh you know i like that even that 
the idea there was a ward around his house, the mystery there, the mystery of the discerning the entrails. There's a lot mm-hmm. of questions still to be answered, but as far as a story being told, it was right up front, you know what I mean? And it was, oh, yeah. Just really plainly, simply told. Uh, and, you know, especially in a on an imprint where there's some pretty wacky-looking pages sometimes, you know, where you kind of have to, you know, turn the book... Turn them sideways. Uh, yeah. Sideways, <laughs> or maybe turn, maybe turn yourself sideways sometimes <laughs> to get an idea. Uh, this is not like that. This is just flat-out good, good comic book storytelling. I really have no oh, yeah. complaints. The art is very crisp, clean, and uh, it's just a good-looking book. My mm-hmm. problem with it is the price. Uh, it's just not enough book for four bucks, and that's that's just what there is to it. I'd love to see this book at the at the two dollar range, which is a you know the pipe dream. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> even even a buck less, which would put it on par with you know the cheaper comics, which I don't think DC is even doing anymore. I, I don't. The think... New Age of Heroes are still those, three bucks. Those maybe? are still three bucks. Yeah, maybe yeah. There's, maybe there's one or two, but they more or less all moved to the four dollar price point, and uh, yeah. Marvel's gone four and five on a lot of their books, Ugh, and then yeah. never mind. You'll get your seven and nine dollar books if you if uh, <laughs> you know Deadpool decides to pull his finger or whatever and have a fart. Uh, so you know th- this is this is just not enough book for as much money as you're paying. Um, and, and to take that a little further, uh, yeah. when I was reviewing this, I uh, I didn't want to. I I always kind of err on not spoiling when I'm writing the reviews for the site mm. because uh, I mean these books are brand new. I don't want to ruin it for anybody, and I sure. don't want to cost DC any sales here. Right. Uh, as if as if you know people are rushing to read my review. <laughs> right, exactly. But, uh, <laughs> before they head out, that one person, <laughs> that one person might be like, "Damn it, I was gonna buy that." But uh, so I wasn't gonna spoil the beginning. And then I looked at the preview pages, and DC already spoiled the beginning. Sure, yeah, they was... spoiled the first six pages of a twenty-page book. Yeah, well, that's... that they're expecting you to pay four dollars for. Well, that's that's a the economics of comic books is a oh, whole other discussion. The but I, I do thing. ask you, what other uh, business, what other entertainment business has to give away a quarter of its product? If not more, before if not more, depending on how many pages, how much they feel like giving you yep. before they sell it to you, uh, you know. But in, you know, music is like that nowadays too. You know, you can listen to a whole album First, fifty yeah. times. If, in fact, if you buy it, you're you're dumb as hell because you got the Spotify and whatever else. But uh, yeah, so this is this is you know, whatever. Uh, and here we are further, you know, <laughs> criticizing <laughs> it by telling them they should lower the price. But it's it's just a. A flat-out matter of like it's just not a fast enough read, and the art is so plain, and and it's a positive thing. I'm, I'm not, I don't mean plain yeah. in a bad way. I mean just easy to look at, easy good, to follow, ang- yeah. good angles, good good sequentials. You know, everything is very tight as it's far as linear, yeah. storytelling. Exactly, yeah, very linear type storytelling. You're not wondering what where you are in time or place, but uh, there's just not a lot to pick apart in the panels. Yeah, because they just they are what they are. So uh, whereas sometimes you can you can. Get, you could squeeze a little more out of a book by appreciating the lingering on the artwork, let's say. Yeah, uh, looking for clues or, or just trying to decipher. Yeah. Or, you know, trying to read Bendis' notes to whatever the hell it is on <laughs> in the beginning of every action comics. So, uh, yeah, uh, but, I, you know, I, did have, I do have positive feelings about this. And I do think for this, sure. I think this is uh, probably the most accessible of the four. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, so far, it has no connection to 
like direct connection to anything in the Sandman universe. Uh, besides that, uh, besides that uh, homeless woman from last issue, right? Mad Hattie, right? Uh, yeah, she's connected there. And I think there will be more, but there's, you know, there's a whole thing going on in the dreaming that doesn't seem to be connected to this thing at all. Sure, so, absolutely. Uh, if you, if you are looking for just the one book to read out of the series, this would probably be the one to check out. Mm-hmm. If you can get it from DCBS or, you know, get some kind yeah. of a discount, it's probably your best bet. What'd you give it on the site, Chris? I well even even though it was so quick and there is the the price issue, I gave it an eight point five because I, I did enjoy what we got. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a thought it was a really good issue. Looking forward to the next one. Um, which I can't say about a lot of uh current comics. So yeah, I, I, <laughs> that's a bonus in itself. That's absolutely true. I do definitely want to know what happens next with Tim stepped into Dr. Rose. And like, and even though we see that she's being helpful, I'm still a little dubious about it, you know? Yeah, we don't, we don't know her, her story yet. What are yeah. her full motives? So, uh, and that's a very common thing in the magic. Actually, in stories in general is, you know, you get help from the person that's going to jerk you around later going to get you. Yeah. Um, I think I, I think you know for enjoyment I'd give it an eight, but if I were to review it on the site, I bet I would have given it a seven point five just because of the price mm. thing. I really would have dropped it. The price that is low. tough. Yeah. It's 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 just not an it's it's too much for uh, as much as we you get out of it, and uh, maybe that'll change. Maybe that'll uh, there'll be more. Yeah, to it's like on we're to. building to like a, a half hour trade, you know? Yeah. It's, it's and that's not a good thing to buy a trade and finish it in a half hour. That is very Ultimate Spider-Man, unfortunately. But I'll tell you, you won't, you're not going to be inundated with dialogue. You're not going to be <laughs> like trying to figure out what, what's head, going yeah. on, you know. And and that was a good feeling too, because God, I mean, even like you know, mainstream comics, I, I spend half the time trying to figure out what, what the author is trying to tell me here, you know, like For what sure. is happening, what's going on <laughs> in this scene. Uh, so yeah, positive feel, positive feels all around, everybody. This is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I meant to denigrate it, but you know no. the price is definitely a factor, and uh, that's sort of the point of reviewing in the first place is whether you are sure. whether you want to put down your shekels on this. Absolutely. Next week, I'm pretty sure we're going to get the dreaming number four, though we haven't seen it yet. But I have <laughs> no reason to believe it won't be here, so we will tackle that when it's here. Uh, I think that's all we got from this week. Chris got anything else for him? Nope, that'll do it. Well, until next time, folks, I want y'all to keep it dreamily. See ya. If it's magic, then why can't it be everlasting? Like the sun that always shines. Like the poet's endless rhyme. Like the galaxies in time If it's pleasing Then why can't it be never Welcome back to the Sandman Universe segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have one, I believe this we call this the flagship book 
I think so. Of the Sandman universe, The Dreaming Number 4, written by Simon Spurrier, and art by Bilquis Evely and Matt Lopez. Uh, so, now falling into the rift that burped out a Cubist sculpture a couple of issues ago, Kane is going on a vision quest. He feels uh, very adamant that he is the first murderer, which, to be fair, I believe is the mainstream biblical perspective, right? He's like the guy that invented murder. Is is this the same biblical Cain? It's are the they are, are the brothers actually the biblical Cain and Abel? I mean, or <laughs> you know, I, close enough. Do the biblical Cain and Abel kill each other indefinitely in the dream space? No, but yes, these are these are based on the original okay. Cain and Abel. They, they are they're supposed to be. It's uh, you know, th- this would be the further adventures of them after the Old Testament. Is that a sure. good way to put it? <laughs> Uh, but anyway, that Cubist sculpture that is poking out of the rift that he, di- he dove into, it has other ideas it wants to tell him, uh, and it, it'll let him know over the course of the issue. Uh, Kane wants to know what is, that rift did to his brother Abel. If you remember, last issue, he like had stopped stuttering, and he no yeah. longer act as, acted as cowardly. He was like a totally different person. In fact, we find out Abel has a new job in the Dreaming. He's a security guard at the gates. And uh, with Judge Gallows in charge, the borders of the Dreaming are secured. And I laughed at it hilariously. It's like literally with barbed wire and pickets. <laughs> like, why would that matter, you know, to, <laughs> you know, like, half, half of these beings float. You yeah, know, just, what's a, just for the looks. What's yeah. a ride I, I, I thought it was a good visual. <laughs> uh, hideous monsters line the road up to the entrance, and Judge Gallows himself even shoots some guy in the face for trying to smuggle a demon in. So he's, he's getting his hands dirty. Uh, but the dreaming may be secure from outsiders, but it's looking rather bleak on the inside. Now, Matthew the Raven has returned to the dreaming with a specific creature that the judge had requested him bring. Uh, Matthew talks about the difficulty of this task and how many more females there were than males. Uh, judge Gallows cuts him off and tells him to just deliver the creature. Lucy and the librarian are starting to freak out over Judge Gallows' exercise of power, Secretly, he asked Matthew to petition Dora for a little bit of help. Yeah, where is Dora anyway? Where is she? She was hmm. hanging around. She's locked in an iron cage, hanging from the branch of her house tree, and she's still mumbling about not being real. Uh, other blanks and her own blank, Ziggy, the one in the pirate outfit, he's there also hanging from the other branches, but they're hanging by their necks. However, yeah. as we learn, they, they can't die, although as we're going to learn... They can do something. So uh, <laughs> it's time to make an example of Ziggy. Uh, if you remember, he shot Judge Gallows in the face last issue, but apparently being shot in the face is not the fatal thing in the dreaming that is in the real world, right? It's more of an annoyance, I guess. Yeah, it'll uh, ruin your day. It seems like, you know, people just get shot in the face, whatever. It's not a big deal. Uh, Mervyn, the janitor, he's got some remorse over what's going on. He asked Judge Gallows if killing is really necessary. And Gallows cuts him off. He asks Mervyn if Mervyn if questioning your superiors is really necessary. <laughs> so uh, he's, he's not a, not a nice boss. Is is the impression I get. Uh, he has Brute and and Glob take Ziggy down from the tree. Now after Ziggy calls Judge Gallows an asshole, or more like an Brute and Glob open a box which releases a nasty purple and turquoise beast that's known as the Baku, and we're gonna figure that that's what Matthew had retrieved from wherever he was. Wherever that was, yeah. Anyway, the Baku eats Ziggy in one chomp. Uh, the gruesome spectacle concluded. The shivering Lucian has something to show Judge Gallows. When everyone disperses, Matthew flies over to Dora in the cage, and he gives her a little bit of a pep talk. Yeah. Says that she can be helpful in all this. Sure. 
Uh, now, over in the palace, Lucian takes Judge Gallows to the Hall of the Endless. That's where they keep their sigils in, uh, in picture frames. Lucian explains that this is where Dream would contact his siblings to chit-chat. He's part of the pantheon of siblings that embodies certain core human realities, uh, all of whom just happen to have their names start with the letter D. Yeah, because they're D for it, you know. But uh, this is where we start to go into a little bit of Sandman stuff. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure how intimately familiar you are with the Endless, but it was it figured very little. Yeah, the, the, this, I, this, I know dream. I know death. This this <laughs> ex, this might explain your feelings to this issue, but uh, so uh, he explains that since this is Lucian explaining to Judge Gallows says that since Daniel Dream left, his picture frame has fallen, and something else is coalescing in its place. It looks like a bunch of jagged glass shards arranged in a rectangle where the frame had been. Lucian thinks a new member of the Endless is being born, and boy, there's going to be trouble if that happens. That new member, incidentally, is the Cubist Sculpture, but we just don't know their D name yet. Mm. Uh, it might be Denial. We know, we'll find out. It, uh, they say they provide clarity. For instance, they tell Kane that he is not the first murderer. People had already been slaughtering animals for years. For instance, uh, you know, plenty of death had happened before he showed up. Kane is merely the first person to feel badly about having done it. Now back in the palace, Judge Gallows wants to contact Destiny of the Endless. After confirming with Lucian that they can't hurt him in the dreaming, uh, well, Lucian does seem reasonably sure about yeah, it. I like that he's like, not quite, he's like, well, he, uh, yeah, he's not uh, in their realm, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they don't have any, con- oh, well. Uh, he's like, I tried calling, but they didn't answer. And now, use, using one hand in order to touch Destiny's sigil, uh, Judge Gallows calls out to him, but nothing happens. Lucian says usually they use two hands to get in touch, so Lucian hands Lucian the helm of the dreaming to hold, and then he places two hands on the sigil. And then Dora just busts out in gigantic beast mode and shoves Judge Gallows back, but he really seems only mildly bothered by this, right? He calls her filth or something. And uh, he tells Dora she's not real, and that's like the magic button that makes her shrink away and become, you know, timid again. Uh, Lucian hesitates to give Dream's helm back to Judge Gallows, and now Gallows knows of his duplicity. But before anyone can do anything about it, uh, Lucian gives Dora enough of a pep talk just to give her enough energy that they can slide out of that dimension into a place called the In-Between, which is a blank page with them sort of bouncing around on it. Mm. Uh, and usually when I see the blank page, you know, I, I'm not a fan of the blank page for obvious reasons, <laughs> but, uh, he steers them to a new location, but then and that is the fulcrum, which was destruction's realm before he vacated it. And it looks like a persistent ongoing comic book explosion. I, this is, mm. this is probably my favorite panel in the book, even though it's so simple. Yeah. It, it's such effective. It's such an effective image using, you know, comic book language and tropes and it's like, I looked at it, I was like, that looks so cool. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, not to say the, the art is poor, the rest of it, but that was just a clever way to represent that, was a standout, that, yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, and Lucian says at the end, a fine place to bury a dream, sadly. So uh, that is it. Now, you know, so Dora and Lucian are on their own little uh, Bill and Ted adventure. And, uh, you know, Judge Gallows is trying to hang out with the Endless. Uh, now, I, I didn't think about this when we first when we were talking about this before we recorded, but you don't really know a ton about the Endless. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah. Destiny is a character that had been around before. Uh, I think he used to show up in the House of Mystery or some. He used to be one it's of It's not the... Doc Destiny, is no, it? No, 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 no. It's, it's, okay. it's, 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 
it's a whole other thing. It's such a whole other thing, Chris. I'm not even going to do it, do it a <laughs> disservice yeah. by explaining it. But that explains why this this issue might have missed for you and why it really hit for me because yeah, this really started to bring a lot of elements in that this is, you know, showed me the import of what's happening. And uh, frankly, one thing I've, I've noticed uh, over recent years reading comics is I love to see jerks get their comeuppance. I, mm-hmm. I think it's always been true, but I just have been noticing it that that's something that really like tickles my uh, norepinephrine or whatever, you know what I mean? My, uh, <laughs> my uh, neurotransmitters, but uh, the, uh, I, 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 see, I see his day coming uh, if, if one of these endless guys, if a new endless character shows up. These are basically, sure. uh, we can call them specters, right? They do whatever the hell they want yeah. when yeah. they show up. But uh, <laughs> you'll see, it's, it's, if they play it the way it was in Sandman, it's, it's a lot more complicated than just a deus ex machina. It's more, these characters have more to them. And, uh, mm. But I, I do see why you would be kind of lost on you. Let, let me know what you think. Uh, yeah, it wasn't, uh, it was just, uh, just an issue for me. Uh, didn't, uh, didn't really, it, I, I don't connect to it. So it, mm. uh, it didn't, uh, tickle me the way it tickled you. Uh, I, I kind of find the judge to be compelling. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think maybe because he, even in this fantastical world, he's like the most grounded. He, he feels the most human right. in, in this extraordinary world. He seems the most ordinary, but, you know, you know, being shot in the face, notwithstanding. Right. But uh, <laughs> I, you, you can, like, kind of see, like, the grit under his fingernails, kind of. He uh-huh. just seems more real, and that's—I can relate more to real than fantastical, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, it really uh, didn't do a whole lot for me. Um I'm glad that this wasn't, you know, going through the normal issue number four of six type thing where it's just a recap of what came before. Yeah, so that I was, was pleased that really, it wasn't that. I, I really appreciate that. Like, I did feel this was a, a worthwhile chapter. issue. There's a real yeah. chapter, yeah. So things progressed. New facts were learned. You know, we're sure. moving towards a, a visible something. You know, I don't know whether, yeah. what it's going to be, but, you know, we'll find and out. That, that's a good point about Judge Gallows, though. He isn't telling people to go around and catch the bubble butterflies. Yeah, he's dealing with real world issues, and they are issues, as they showed. You know, mm-hmm. you you might think it's a horrible thing to uh, close the gates of the dreaming, but he stopped a guy trying to smuggle a demon in right there. Yep. You know, so it obviously demons are getting in. That's what they don't want. You know, so uh, that was interesting. Yeah. I, I did like that. Yeah, he's he's you know he's flawed uh, and uh, perhaps wrong headed, but you know he he has a goal. I guess he okay. he's rational. I should say, but. Uh, I, I think this is going to read a lot better in trade, um, yeah, I which I mean, that's not <laughs> I, I ain't, you know, I'm not breaking any new ground by saying that. But uh, as a chapter, it was a, it was definitely a chapter. Um, yeah. I, I didn't hate it, but uh, I just didn't find a whole lot to uh, cozy up to in it. I think that's I think it's the, it, the telling thing is that your lack of familiarity with the endless. Absolutely. And, and mine with with the end like that scene meant something totally different to me than it meant to sure. you. And it should. Yeah. I like it that they're doing that. I like, I like that they're actually rewarding longtime fans because too many books don't do that anymore. But I also uh, hope I, that before this arc is done, they explain <laughs> it enough that you could understand what they're doing. That I could be I mean. comfortable. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be this issue, but before the next two are out, I would definitely want them to make make it clear why, what the what the, what they are. Because what the significance is, yeah. It's uh, it's a big deal, and a, and a new member is a, a real big deal. It's uh, it's you know, one of these 
world-shaping type, universe-shaping type sure. events. So, uh, but I had a good time. What, what do you think you would have given it in a alternate world that you scored it? I'd probably give it a seven out of ten. All right, I think I think that's a fair thing. It's still, I think, a quality comic. Sure. Uh, you know, as far as like time it takes to read it, I still think it's a buck too much. But that's you know, I yeah. can say that about sure. everything in the world. But you know, it's not. It's not like you're gonna burn through it in five minutes. It's it takes a little time, and you know, it's it's a little more interesting than that. You can burn through it in five minutes, but you don't have to, Chris. Right? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I gave it an eight out of ten, and I'm I'm staying with it. I really felt good about it. I, I recommend this, especially uh, fans of Sandman. I think this is this is our book, boy. This that's, is uh, that's your next chapter. Yeah. Absolutely. This this really just feels. Right in step with the, with a lot of the stuff that happened in there. If anything, this is a little more accessible than that. But okay. uh, yeah, it's it's cool. I'm I'm digging it, and I'm really am excited to see how they're gonna uh, wrap all this up. Like I say, I still think Dora is gonna be the new boss. But it, it seems like they're they're heading that direction, or she's going to be massively significant, whatever the case. Some, you know, she's she's obviously she's gonna stop being the mean bitch she always Petulant, is. yeah. Or maybe <laughs> she will be, but she'll be you know still important. She'll be doing helpful things. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm. I, there's a lot of moving parts in this, and I really am interested to see where they are. Even the Kane thing, like that thing came out of left field, but that was uh, I liked it. So. Sure. I felt good about it. Next week, uh, we're pretty sure we're going to be reading The House of Whispers number four. <laughs> Only reason I don't say definitely is we don't have it in our hands yet. but we Not just yet. No reason to think it won't be here. Uh, and then, of course, we'll deal with that when it's there. But uh, I think that's all we got from for this week, Chris. Got anything else for him? No, we'll do it. Well, until next time, folks, I want you to keep it dreamily. See ya. She was black as the night. Sandman Universe segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have one Sandman Universe book to read for you today, and it is House of Whispers number four by Nalo Hopkinson, Dominique Domo, Stanton, and Aneke, and John Rauch. Or Rauch? Rauch. Rauch. I'm going to sure. say Rauch. How about that? That's <laughs> We'll split the difference on that one. Yeah. So, uh, We'll just pick it right back up from where we left off. Maggie and Latoya, these are the two uh, women that think that they're dead. They're hanging out in the bayou. Latoya literally hanging by her knees from a tree branch, but sort of just lazily lolling around. Uh, Maggie feels badly about Latoya having infected all those people on Bourbon Street with Cotard's delusion. Uh, This is a mental illness that is referred to Way too frequently in this issue, <laughs> uh, where the sufferer believes that they're dead. It's a real delusion. It is named after yes. French neurologist Jules 
Coltard. Coltar. Julia Cotard. This is I how we it. pronounce that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Latoya doesn't feel so badly about it, and she doesn't feel great about it either. She just feels nothing at all. She has no feelings. Maggie asks her to stop doing it, and especially not to go near uh, her own kid sisters. Latoya says she might consider it, and that evening she doesn't really consider it. While Maggie crashes at her friend's house, where she accidentally hugs the host, I think infecting him, right? I got that I think impression. So. Yeah. Um, uh, Latoya's out at, a, at the casino, just whooping it up, living it up. She's touching the ghosts right out of everyone, including a couple of nuns. Why not? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good start of a joke, right? Sure. A couple exactly. of nuns go to a, go to a casino. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, meanwhile, back in the Dreaming, uh, Shaq Panna, that's the, the steampunk cousin or nephew of... Uh, nephew of Madame Esruli, yeah. uh, Danton. <laughs> yes, now he had his baptism at the hands of Madame Danton in, in the uh, Purple Waters. Uh, this has calmed him down from trying to kill Miss Turtle. Now, that would be the name of Madame Danton's pirate friend, who was uh, chomping on the uh, cigar last a issue. Cheroot, right? yeah. A cheroot, yes. Uh, and you'll remember that Madame Danton used to be Madame Azruli, so same same person, same entity of sorts. Uh, a blank, or uh, as the pumpkin head would call him, a soggy, comes over and tells Madame Danton that her houseboat is repaired. Now, if you remember, it was Abel doing this work last issue, and... Uh, also, from what we know, the blanks, they, they don't, they struggle. To, I mean, the only one that speaks is Ziggy, and he struggles and to he do And he struggles it. to speak, yeah. Like, the rest yeah. of them don't say anything at all. Yeah, so this is weird. But uh, maybe the editorial office might, uh, they might need to have a, a few more coffee meetings. Possibly, or yeah. To, uh, <laughs> to get this straight. I can see it on their whiteboard now. Do Sog <laughs> speak. Uh, now, holding Goldie the baby gargoyle, who was also healed by that same purple water, Madam Danton calls everyone onto the ship. That's Miss Turtle, Uncle Monday, and Shaq Panna. And uh, Shaq Panna apologizes to Miss Turtle along the way. Yeah, he attacked her, tried to infect her and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so on the boat, they all discuss just what the heck is going on around here. They think it must have something to do with that book that Maggie and Latoya found. And that was Shaq Panna's book that fell out of the crack in the dreaming that fell out of Lucian's library. So all these things are connected. Uh, Pana says it contained thoughts on making things go viral through whisper campaigns. Oh, and also a, a plague of Kotar's delusion was also with them. Oh. So that might have something to do with this. Yeah, that might have some. Mm. Uh, so, <laughs> back in the real world, Latoya is at the tail end of her bender, and she's feeling remorseful. She tells some guy that she's sorry for him giving him Kotar's delusion, and not to give it to anyone else. Maggie doesn't like it, and he's like... Who the hell is Maggie? Whatever, get out of here. <laughs> and keeps talking to his buddy who he infects that guy as well. Uh, we see this thing is happening exponentially all throughout New Orleans. Uh, while the ghost of Madame Azruli's Napoleon husband, remember he, she has three husbands. Mm-hmm. The tribal guy, the three-headed snake, and the guy that dresses like Napoleon. Uh, don't, you mean, uh, don't, don't you mean Madame Danton? She's Danton. Oh, right? sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah. Now, <laughs> now this just is this isn't just contained in New Orleans either. It's spreading all over the world. In Mumbai, India, we meet a man who doesn't want to sleep with his wife because he believes he's dead, and and not because he's Al Bundy. Though I think he did score four <laughs> touchdowns in a single come game. Come to bed. <laughs> Uh, this this guy in India though did score four touchdowns in a single That's game. That's true. That was he was similar in that way. Understand that there might be a little confusion. Uh, now also offshore at a, of a Japanese village, we meet a scuba diver who removes her gear because she also believes she's dead, but she is rescued before she drowns. 
We head back to New Orleans, where some guy named Hector also gets the delusion, uh, despite getting a clean bill of health from his doctor. He can't bear to be touched, and he hasn't eaten in three days. He says he feels like a zombie. He's so preoccupied with his own death, he walks into traffic and almost gets, you know, legitimately killed by a car. Uh, Some guy yanks him back and rescues him, and that's when Hector remembers what zombies eat, because the guy says, hey, don't you have any brains? Brains. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back in the dreaming, we don't actually see anything happen there, but you can kind of expect it's going to be a thing next issue. Sure. Uh, back in the dreaming, Miss Turtle wonders so they can stop this supernatural plague. I guess they figured out the nature of this plague based on the ghosts that are piling up in the dreaming. They must be supernatural somehow. Shakpana says he could help them, but he's got to go topside to do it. Uh, they kind of blow him off here. I like that. They're like, uh, whatever. Miss <laughs> Turtle says she can go back to Earth as a human, but not for long. It's an uncomfortable form for her, you see, because she's the representation of an island. So just chew on that for a while. But I, okay. I feel, you know, I feel like, you know, did, did, we, did we miss an inside joke here? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, it, it's something I can accept that as, you know, but... That should be clarified. Yeah, I don't What's know. it referring to? Yeah, uh, yeah. we should like, made to understand that somehow before before now, uh, because as far as I know, she just showed up. The woman eating cheroots with a playing dominoes or cards or whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, then Madame Danton faints dead away. When she comes to, she reactively tries to cut Monday Uncle Monday's throat open, which I thought was funny. She's like, "Yeah," and just jumps out with like a machete. <laughs> uh, then she calms down, says her life is receding because she has no worshippers to bolster her life force. Uh, and uh, Shakpana says there are a lot of hungry Azurulis in her. Okay, sure, whatever. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's nice. Uh, Miss Turtle prepares to set out for the real world, and Shakpana says he can help and go there himself by drinking the waters of the rift. I thought those cured madness. Maybe they drive sane people crazy. I I really don't is understand. It, is it like uh, when like an adult takes their kids Ritalin or something? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it has the reverse effect. Exactly. <laughs> uh, whatever it is, Shakbana takes a big gulp of the Rift waters and immediately starts tripping out, and he becomes paranoid and believes everyone, even his aunt as Ruli, is out to get him. Danton. Uh, Now, uh, before Shakpana goes, he whispers a secret about Madame Danton to a fish, and then he's off on a cloud of purple bubbles. Danton and Miss Turtle stand before the increasing number of ghosts in the dreaming. Danton asks Miss Turtle to find a member of her family to bring Shakpana to heal, and then gives her advice on finding Maggie. At a burlesque club, an altar boy... It's B-O-I. I don't know how to pronounce that. It's boy. Uh, boy. And another of Madame Danton's worshippers are backstage. The woman gets willingly possessed by that Napoleon-looking ghost husband. Uh, he's glad to see Otaboy, uh, gives, who gives him a Napoleon costume uh, that he just happens to have handy. I guess, you know, it is a burlesque club. There might just be a Napoleon I, I costume. Mean, at first there. I was like, well, that's awfully convenient. And I was like, well, you know, that, that is kind of the place you might have for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, the guy is off to find the cause of all of this mess. So now uh, Maggie's heading back into her apartment, and before she can enter, Miss Turtle appears and says she has a message for her. Miss Turtle looks sort of like a disheveled uh, homeless woman here. Yeah. Uh, Maggie invites her in to get dry, at least, and Miss Turtle asks if she has any fish. She's hungry from the trip. Uh, elsewhere, Shakpana possesses a 78-year-old dandy against his will. Uh, it's no problem for Shakpana, apparently, because he's powered by rift madness. Uh, elsewhere, they have to have permission, but not in this case. 
Yeah. Uh, and over at Latoya's house where her two little sisters are making sandwiches and listening to the radio, Shakpana shows up in this guy's body looking for his book. Oh, that's, man. That's supposed to be Crashing Thunder. I don't know if you... <laughs> I don't know if I did that well. No, I felt it. No, no felt Michael it. Winslow over here. <laughs> um, yeah, so this book, you know, the, there are a lot of things. As a matter of fact, I would say... My favorite thing in this book are the things in it. Yes. Uh, my least favorite thing in this book is the it's narrative the and the story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's like a lot of little th- this stuff I like. You know, I like ghosts possessing people. Sure. I like, Traffic, yeah. uh, you know, waters that drive people mad and sane. I like other dimensions. I like, the, but they're strung together very carelessly, I feel, or, or at least in a way that's unknown to us you know like yeah. if you're not familiar with the trappings of this uh religion and culture uh, i think a lot of this is just a mystery what was your impression of it chris i, I tell you i feel the same way i uh i tried reading this a couple days ago and uh then when i played with it in my head i forgot everything that happened in it there was just nothing nothing there for me nothing i for you to uh, grab onto you know there's nothing yeah. familiar nor is anything explained enough to make it and like while the things are interesting, they're they're more interesting than they are intriguing. So it's like yeah. it's like oh that's neat, but not neat enough for me to actually, you know, pull out texts and even you know type it into Wikipedia. It's just uh... it's more like a trip to the museum than you know reading a story. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. oh here's an aspect of that this Cajun culture. You know what I mean? It's it's. Weird, you know what I mean? But and, I don't there, really understand actually, it. <laughs> there actually are a ton of Azrulis, I guess. Uh, I kind of would like to know I, what that means, you know? Like, so what is an Azruli, you know? Like, uh, I feel like there should be a, a robot or something to, like, talk to, like, <laughs> talk to be the reader, you know what I mean? Be like, explain to Hector, please, you know, something like that. I think it's the. I, I think the when they wrote this, they expected people to Google Azruli, which you can do, sure. and it will bring you to a page in Wikipedia which lists a whole shit ton of his rulies. Right. But uh, but I mean, you shouldn't have to do that to enjoy this book. I purposely, I've done like you're doing on the dreaming, and that's not to not have no research. To. Yeah. Uh, I, it, they should have give you everything you need in this in this comic Absolutely. to understand it at least to enough to enjoy it. I don't expect to come away from this comic or from a Wikipedia page an expert on this on anything. Sure. But sure. uh, you know, I no, shouldn't have earning degrees here. Yeah. yeah, I shouldn't have to do uh, you know research outside of the book I've already bought for five bucks to yeah. uh, f- fully enjoy and appreciate it. That just seems like a lame, lazy way of writing, and that really is the impression sure. that I got from this. Uh, you know, the like I say, the elements are there. It's the putting them together is the writing part, folks. That's the, you know. <laughs> it's the hard work. It's we, the work you don't want to do. That's the hard work of it. We know nobody the words. To, it's the putting them in the right order. Nobody wants to lay order. the foundation in a house. People <laughs> like putting the appliances in. They don't want to lay a foundation. Nobody wants to lay the foundation. Yeah. It's the most boring work. And that's <laughs> that's something we're lacking in this in this story. Uh, I'm I'm interested to know what ha- what this outcome with Kotar's delusion is. I feel like it's just going to be a matter of someone saying, buddy. Snap out of it. Knock it off already, you know. Yeah. Please, you're not dead. But yeah. uh, who knows? I know it, it is. It is actually a real thing. Um, you know, I and and I didn't even research. I just know about it from people suffering it in the in sure. like, having read stories about it. So I didn't research one thing and not the other. I you know I just happened to know. Yes. But anyway, uh, I gave it on the site a six out of ten. Where do you think you'd be with it? 
That's a very fair score. It's uh, we do get a little bit. I mean, we do know we get the cotard term now, so we kind of get where maybe it's going instead of just you know people sucking the souls out of people. At least and, it's a real. It says a yeah. basis in reality. Yeah, for sure, for sure, and uh, and it 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 did sidestep the whole uh, issue four out of six problem that I that I point out a lot, where it, this wasn't just a re- retelling of the first three issues. So uh, that's that's definitely good. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yeah, fact, I I mean, now you've got Napoleon Husband and you've got Miss Turtle, who's, you know, and Shakpana all in the real world kind of converging on the same point. Yeah. So that'll be a thing, obviously. Uh, but you know, like I said earlier, that if this was the last issue, not only would it For be sure. weird because it's not really an ending, but it, I would have given it much love. I would have been very annoyed at it because it doesn't really tell you a lot in terms of why things are happening. Why the water can allow Shakpana to travel back to to Earth? I don't. Why, why did that? Why did that become it's, a thing? What did he tell the the fish? Why can he it's talk? Deus to fish? Ex Springs or something. It's uh, yeah. You know what whatever I mean? you need it to do, it's gonna whatever do. Whatever that water, whatever you want that water to do. So uh, anyway, um, but do you think Miss Turtle's gonna apply for FIT while she's there? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> She just might if she can get away from Screech. It's um, true. But that's that's it for this uh, issue. Uh, we both felt it was sort of on the mediocre, I guess, side. Sure. Uh, next week, we do definitely, and now I know for sure, we have Lucifer number three, right? That's what it mm-hmm. is. Yes, number three. It's true. It's uh, true. So we'll be back to talk about that then. But I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Got anything else for him? I think that'll do it. Well, till next time, folks, I want you to keep it dreamy. See ya. Straight up the casket, rising up, open up your eyes. Can't you see me? What the fuck is this madness? Pick up my bones, erase my name from off the tombstone. Alive.